Part two, chapter nineteen of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part two, chapter nineteen. Nero played and sang a hymn in honor of the Lady of Cyprus. Words and music had been composed by himself. He was in good voice that day. He felt that his music really charmed the hearers. This feeling added power to the sounds he produced. His soul thrilling in unison gave him the appearance of an inspired one. He paled from genuine emotion, for perhaps the first time in his life he turned a deaf ear to the praises of his audience. He sat for a time with his hands leaning on the lyre and his head bowed. Then, suddenly arising, he said, I am weary. I need fresh air. Tune my lyre in the meanwhile. He wrapped a silk kerchief around his throat. Turning to Petronius and Vinitius, who were sitting in the corner of the hall, he said, Come ye with me. Give me thy hand, Vinitius, for I am weary. Petronius and I will converse of music. They went out together on the terrace with its alabaster pavement strewn with crocuses. "'Tis easier to breathe here,' said Nero. "'My soul is filled with emotion and melancholy. Although I see that with the song which I have just sung to you as a test, I can make my appearance before the public and gain a triumph such as has not fallen to the lot of any other Roman.' thou canst appear here in rome and in achaea with all my heart and all my soul i admire thee o thou divine one replied petronius i know it thou art too indolent to constrain thyself to flattery and thou art as sincere as tullius senecio but thou hast more comprehension than he tell me what is thy opinion of music when i listen to a poem when i gaze upon a chariot driven by thee in the circus or on a beautiful statue temple or picture i feel that i embrace the whole in my own mind and that my admiration comprises all that those things can give but when i listen to music especially thine o divine one newer beauties and newer delights open up before me i run after them and grasp them but ere i can absorb them still newer delights flow in upon me like waves of the sea rolling on from infinity so i say to thee that music is like the sea we stand on one shore and see boundless space before us but the other shore is invisible ah what a judge thou art said nero for a while they walked in silence save for the crocus leaves crunched under their feet thou hast expressed my thoughts said nero at last i have always said that in all rome none can understand me save thee alone i think of music as thou dost when i play and sing i see things that i knew not existed in my own dominions or in the whole world lo i am caesar and the world belongs to me i am omnipotent but music reveals to me new kingdoms new mountains new seas new delights all heretofore unknown to me i cannot even name them nor make them intelligible i only feel them i feel the presence of the gods i feel olympus is here some unearthly wind blows upon me i see as in a mist some infinite splendor calm and clear as sunrise the infinite appears to me i will say to thee 
here nero's voice trembled with genuine emotion that i as caesar and a god feel myself to be a mere speck of dust canst thou believe me yea only a true artist can feel his insignificance in the presence of art this is a night of sincerity so i spread out to thee my soul as to a friend i will speak on dost thou imagine that i am blind that i am bereft of reason dost thou think that i ignore the fact that on the very walls of rome are written insults against me that they call me the murderer of my mother and of my wife that they look upon me as a ferocious tyrant for that tigellinus gained from me a few sentences of death against my enemies yea my beloved they hold me to be a tyrant and i know it they have imputed to me such hideous cruelty that sometimes i ask myself whether i am indeed a monster but these people fail to understand that a man's deeds may be cruel yet he himself may not be cruel ah no one will believe even thou my beloved mayest not believe that at times when music lulls my soul i feel myself as innocent as a child in the cradle by the stars that shine above us i swear that i am speaking only the truth men know not how much of goodness lies in this heart nor what treasures i can perceive there when music opens the door petronius had no doubt that for the moment nero was speaking sincerely and that music might lay bare to the light the nobler faculties of his soul hidden under the mountains of egotism debauchery and crime it is necessary he said to know thee as intimately as i do rome has never been able to appraise thee rightly caesar leaned more heavily on the arm of vinitius as if sinking beneath the burden of injustice tigellinus he said has told me that in the senate it is whispered that diodorus and terpnos play the lyre better than i do they would deny me even this now tell me the truth thou who speakest only the truth do they play better than i or only as well not in the least thy touch is surer and has greater power an artist is apparent in thee in them only skilful artisans nay more after hearing their music one better understands what thou art if that be so let them live they will never guess what a service thou hast just rendered them of course if i had sentenced them i should have found others to take their place and the people would have said that for the sake of music thou hast destroyed music in the state do not kill art for art's sake o divine one how much dost thou differ from tigellinus replied nero but see i am an artist before everything so long as music opens out to me new spaces which i have not yet divined regions which are not under my rule joys and delights which i had not known i cannot live an ordinary life music reveals to me the extraordinary and i seek it with all the powers with which the gods have dowered me at times it appears to me that to reach those olympian heights i must accomplish something that no man has yet accomplished in good and in evil i must excel all humanity i know too that the people suspect me of insanity but i am not insane i am only seeking if i commit folly it is from weariness and impatience at my own failure i am seeking dost thou understand me i wish to be greater than man for in this way alone can i be greatest as an artist 
he lowered his voice so that vinitius should not hear him and approaching his lips to the ear of petronius he whispered knowest thou that it was chiefly for this that i sentenced my mother and my wife to death at the gates of the unknown world i wished to lay the greatest sacrifice of which man is capable then i thought something would happen something that would open the doors behind which i could perceive the unknown let it be something marvellous or terrible beyond human conception be it only great and uncommon but the sacrifice was insufficient to open the door of the empyrean something still greater is necessary let it be as the fates will what is thy intention thou wilt see and sooner than thou dost imagine meantime know thou this there are two neros one the nero known to the world the other an artist known only to thee who if he is as pitiless as death or as full of folly as bacchus is so only because he is stifled by the shallowness and the commonplace of life fain would i extirpate them even with fire or iron oh how base this world will be when i cease to exist no man not even thou my beloved has yet divined what an artist i am but that is the very source of all my sufferings and i say to thee in all truth that my soul sometimes grows as melancholy as those cypresses that loom up darkly before us it is hard for a man to bear simultaneously the burden of the highest authority and of the highest talent i sympathize with thee o caesar with all my heart and with me are the earth and the sea not to mention vinitius who deifies thee in his soul i have always loved him said nero though he serves mars and not the muses he serves venus before all replied petronius then the resolve came upon him to straighten out at one blow the affair of his sister's son and to annihilate all the dangers that threatened him he is enamoured as troilus was with cressida grant o lord that he return to rome for here he will wither knowest thou that the lygian hostage whom thou didst give him is found again vinitius in setting out for antium consigned her to the care of one linus i did not mention this to thee for thou wert composing thy hymn and that is the all-important thing vinitius would have made her his mistress but when he found her to be as virtuous as lucretia he fell in love with her very virtue and now wishes to marry her she is the daughter of a king and will bring no dishonor upon him but he like a true soldier sighs and languishes awaiting the permission of his emperor an emperor does not select wives for his soldiers why therefore does he await my permission lord i have told thee that he adores thee then the more certain may he be of my permission tis a beautiful maiden but too narrow in the hips augusta poppaea made complaint of her before me that she had cast an evil eye on our child in the gardens of the palatine but i said to tigellinus that deities do not succumb to the evil eye remember o divine one how vinitius grew confused before thee and how thou thyself did exclaim i have him i remember he turned to vinitius dost thou love her as petronius says lord i love her replied vinitius then i command thee to go straight to rome to-morrow to marry her appear not before me without the wedding-ring from my heart and my soul i thank thee o lord oh how good it is cried caesar to make men happy i would do nothing else all the rest of my life 
grant one favor more o divinity said petronius announce thy will in the presence of the augusta vinitius would not dare to wed a woman whom the augusta did not favor but thou o lord wilt with one word dispel her prejudices if thou declare that thou hast commanded this good said caesar i can deny nothing to thee and to vinitius he turned towards the villa they followed him their hearts beating with triumphant joy vinitius could hardly constrain himself from embracing petronius at the thought that now all obstacles had been overcome in the great hall of the villa young nerva and tullius senecio conversed with the augusta terpnos and diodorus tuned their lyres nero entering took his seat in a chair inlaid with tortoise-shell he whispered something in the ear of a grecian lad standing beside him the lad disappeared and soon returned with a golden casket nero opened it and taking out a necklace of large opals exclaimed here are gems worthy of the evening the dawn glitters in them said poppaea deeming that the necklace was intended for her caesar dangled the necklace in the air at last he said vinitius thou wilt present this necklace from me to the young lygian maiden whom i command thee to marry poppaea's eyes glittering with wrath and amazement passed from caesar to vinitius and finally rested on petronius but the latter leaning carelessly on the arm of a chair passed his hand up and down the fingerboard of the harp as though wishing to familiarize himself with its shape vinitius after thanking caesar approached petronius and said how can i ever repay thee for what thou hast done to-day sacrifice a pair of swans to euterpe said petronius praise caesar's songs and make a mock of omens i hope that the roaring of lions will not further disturb thy sleep nor that of thy lily no was vinitius's answer now i am entirely at ease may fortune favor you but now pay attention caesar is again taking up the lyre hold thy breath listen shed tears and in fact at that moment caesar grasped the lyre and lifted up his eyes all conversation ceased men stood as if petrified terpnos and diodorus who were to accompany caesar looked on gazing now at each other now at caesar's lips waiting for the first notes suddenly in the vestibule arose a tumult and alarm from behind the curtain tacon caesar's freedman and the consul lecanius burst upon the scene caesar knitted his brows angrily forgive me o divine emperor said the panting tacon rome is on fire the greater part of the city is in flames at this news all leaped to their feet nero laid down the lyre and cried o gods i shall see a burning city and shall finish my troyad he turned to the consul if i set out at once he asked shall i be in time to see the conflagration lord replied the pallid-faced consul a sea of fire floats over the city smoke suffocates the citizens the people faint or throw themselves madly into the fire rome is perishing o lord there was a moment of silence broken by a cry from vinitius woe is me o unhappy one and the young man casting aside his toga clad only in a single tunic rushed out of the palace nero lifted his hands towards heaven and cried woe to thee holy city of priam end of part two chapter nineteen